0: I'm talking about roots, I can't hate where I'm from, cause where I'm from make me, where from make me, I came from the bottom of the stars, We are one big O'Hana. Me. we're a family and we just want to let you know we got a love for you and we're just so glad you're here. For those of you who are joining us online, we just want to say shout out to you, we love you, we recognize you're there. Yeah, we're in this new series called Rooted and I'm just super excited about this because lately I've been doing uh, a little bit of research on my own personal ancestry. And so a couple months ago, we, we got online and we ordered a couple of those DNA kits. No, not to not to make sure that Amber is the the mom and I'm the father, okay, you know, it's not the milkman, we're good. <laughs> we wanted to just find out a little bit about our roots where we came from because, you know, I thought, you know, I'm just mostly German and that's all I knew about me and I've heard some things about... British and French, unfortunately. No, not just joking. Um, I know some of <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I can make friends of French because I have a little bit I think I heard uh, that I have a little bit of French in me. Um, anyway, I, we just did a little bit of research and the ancestry DNA thing, ordered the kits. You mail it off and, and then they send you back, they do the DNA analysis on it and find out what your your makeup is, your history. Their heritage, and I found out that I am 42% Viking. Viking. If you pull a picture up there of Vikings. That's me. 42% of me, uh, Viking. <laughs> and just a little bit about the Vikings. They're, they're they're known to come from the Germanic tribe, and they they migrated up to Scandinavia and Norway, and became Vikings, the seafaring guys that go around and sack and pillage. Yeah, and they're known for sacking and burning Rome in 1410 BC. Yeah, that that explains a lot about me. I have to take a picture here of the burning of Rome there. It's just really interesting. So 42% Viking as kind of mixed with the Western European, which is 29%, which is that Germanic tribe stuff. So if you add those two together, it's over 70%. That makes sense. So yeah, I'm, mostly Germanic, if you want to call it that. Uh, then I'm 17% British. That's interesting. Here's a little one that threw me off a little bit. I'm a, I'm 5% Greek-Italian. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that would give me a left field right there. I'm 4% Irish. So yeah, it explains more. Eastern European too. And then I got 1% Central Asian. What is that? (laughs) Amber's is more interesting to me than mine, I think, it's because she's got 41% Asian. That's where her Filipino roots and all that come in. But this one was a surprise to us. She's 22%. She's African, 22%, all the way from Nigeria to Ivory Coast, all kinds of different places in Africa. Then she's 18% European. It's really cool, European. And then 15% Polynesian. Interesting, and then there's 5% Native American. This is cool, she's 1% Jewish. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we got, Amber and I, we have a really good mix of everything across the board, but it was just really cool just looking at this roots part of our, ourselves and just doing the research and we actually plug it into the computer, they, they plug in your DNA and they match it to potential relatives and family members and, and they also base it off last name and DNA results. So I have like pictures of family members that have already done the same thing popping up on my computer and saying, you have a match. And I'm like, wow, that is just creepy. It's cool. And then I had a lady email me, uh, hey, I think we're related. My great-grandfather was Gottlieb Fusle. Gottlieb, right? That's a German name, Gottlieb. <laughs> my great-great-great-grandfather was Gottlieb Fussel. And he was a pastor. And then a generation skipped and then his grandson was also named Gottlieb, was also a pastor. And then ge- generation skipped again. And then my grandfather, Alfred Fusle, Alf, these German names. You know, my, have uncles named Heinz and Gerhard and Gunther and, and Hildegard and, you know, all these German names. Oh, Scott. Okay. Um, but Alfred was a pastor also in World War II, around that time during World War II. And so it's interesting, and now my father was born and then skips a generation, and then I'm a pastor. So we're doing all this research, and I'm looking at all these family names and the trees starting to, to populate on the, on the computer screen. And it's really interesting because we see the names, and we don't necessarily know all the stories, but then occasionally a story will pop up. Oh, this is so-and-so, and there's a few books about this person, and they did this. And then I'm looking at the Bible and this historical record of life, it, it, it's this very. It's the same thing in the Bible. It's not this mythological thing. It's not the stories that were made up. This is history. And I want to say that in, in the United States, there is a hunger for finding our roots and understanding our history and the family tree. I mean, the shows that are going on, people are really hungry to find out what we're part of. Because it, American culture kind of dilutes that to where it's almost eroding. Culture is eroding. So everybody's wearing what Hollywood wears and dresses. And cultures are kind of being eroded as society progresses. There's people who are making big efforts to hold on to cultures. Like, for example, here in Hawaii, a lot of Hawaiian families are intentionally speaking Hawaiian in the home because that is, if you lose the language... You lose the culture, and so they're trying to perpetuate the culture by holding on to the language and other things as well. This generation, we're trying to come back and find out our root. I'm the first generation that I haven't learned German yet, and and so recently with this DNA thing, I ordered ordered Rosetta Stone to learn German. And I'm just trying to get back with my roots. I I want to get back to. I'm not trying to go backwards. I'm trying to go forward, but not not forget about the past. Yeah, and so. But there's a cultural erosion happening, and, uh, and in the same way, there's an atrophy or cultural erosion of our spiritual heritage as well. I want to talk about that just to give an example concerning the Bible and Bible knowledge, right? Because back in the day, most believers knew the Bible, knew it well, and, and now over half of adults they only can name one of the Gospels. What are the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? Those are the gospels. Most Christians, they can't identify more than two or three of the disciples by name, okay? And this is done by Barner Research. They're just, they're just doing research on how well people know the Bible. Also, 60% can't even name five of the 10 commandments. Over 60% of people And the U.S. cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. And we're wondering why we're all breaking the Ten Commandments all the time. Because we don't even know half of them. (laughs) I think it says don't kill. So I think that's bad. 50% of high school students thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. The bottom line is increasingly America is biblically and spiritually illiterate. So they treat the Bible as a myth or a fantasy and our cultural and spiritual roots of old are deteriorating. The family, which is the nucleus of society, is under attack, and we have lawlessness and racism running rampant. And we have cultural wars afoot and there are more things that divide us now than ever. You know all you got to do is turn on the news and you see that there there's some issues going on in America and that's why I think it's perfect timing to start this new series called Rooted. So we're gonna take a look at that. We're gonna take a look at our biblical ancestry. We're gonna take a look at culture, the beauty and the essence of culture and how we, we can hold on to some of that. We're gonna talk about race. We're gonna talk about racism. We're gonna talk about generational sin. We're gonna talk about perpetuating our spiritual heritage. It's just as important as perpetuating our cultural ancestral heritage. And it's gonna be a challenging series. I think it's gonna be enlightening and I just wanna invite you to come with me on this journey together where we're gonna take a look at some of these topics and issues and it's gonna be incredible. But before we do that, I wanna just invite us to pray and ask God for just his spirit to rest on us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for... The things that you're teaching us, and we thank you so much for this family, this family of God that we're a part of. We're called your children. We're called your uh, your royal priesthood and a holy nation, Father. We thank you. What you're going to teach us through this new series, and we just pray that your Spirit would speak through me this morning. And, and Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to teach us. And we we admit that. We can do nothing without you. Without you, we're, we're hopeless, we're lost. We just need you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. The scripture for this month is a scripture that I want you to write down. I want you to put it on your refrigerator, on your, write it on your mirror with some lipstick, draw a picture around it, frame it, paste it on your Facebook page. Pinterest or Instagram, you can do the snapshot and then you have the quote, whatever. Just put that verse, put it somewhere where it's notable and recognizable so you can think about it, you can look at it and ponder it. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 21. And this is what it says, so now you Gentiles, all right, turn turn to your neighbor, except for Amber, 1% of you, turn to your neighbor and say, that's you, that's you, you Gentiles, that means non- Now, in verse 19, it says, you are, what, citizens along with all of God's holy people. You're citizens with them. You are, what, members of, what, God's family. You have a part in the family tree of God. You are a part in that. As I was looking at, you know, all the ancestry stuff, we've been doing the research, I was like, man, this is really correlating with the Bible, especially as I look at the genealogies, the genealogies in the Bible, where they list out all the people who are a part of God's family tree. And as I was looking at the genealogies in the Bible, there's a couple things that I've learned Um, The first one, and you can write this down, is that genealogies, they demonstrate that scripture is rooted in history, not myth. It's rooted in history, not myth. Write that down. The Jewish faith, hence the Christian faith, therefore, is inherently a historical faith. It's historical. And let me explain to you why it's historical and not a myth, okay? For example... And Greek myths, they're fantastical creatures. Anybody know any of them? Can you name one? Remember Cyclops? Yeah, there's a Cyclops. What else? There's Centaurs, Medusa, Minotaurs, yep, Sphinxes. There's all these kinds of creatures and Greek myth that we know with scientific, what's that? Pegasus. Mermaids. No, but unicorns, no. Poseidon, yeah, yeah. We we know through scientific study and archaeology and all these things that these creatures do not exist. Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Red Eye. These guys they don't exist, okay? But biblical stories do not include any of these fictional characters. In fact, the authors, they take very close attention. They pay very close attention to describe actual events and historical data and names of families and genealogies that a lot of secular archaeologists and researchers can say, wow, this is very accurate historically. Like, there's a whole slew of of secular writings and journals by Roman emperors and uh, describing, the, describing that Jesus died on the cross. So this is an actual event that took place in history. They can go to the ruins in Israel and they can say this is this what happened during this war and this is what happened. It's very historically accurate. It's not a myth. When we look at these genealogies, we tend to want to just skip over them, right? Because it's just like, oh, boy. All right? Look, let me give you an example. First Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1 through 7, okay? I'm going to do my best. Please have mercy on me, because I dare you to go home and read this out loud and try try to pronounce this, okay? Right? All right, so the descendants of Adam were Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalal, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. These sons of Noah were Shem, Ham, Jebeth, and the descendants of Jebeth were Gomer, Magog, Medai, Javan, Tumbal, Meshesh Meshach, and Tereus. The descendants of Gomer and Ashkenaz, <laughs> Ripitha, and Tugamara. The descendants of Jav- Javan were Elisha, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodanem. Rodanem. Rodanim. Rodanim Who would name their son Rodanim? in him. I mean, we, oh, man. And so when we read this, I, I dare you, go home and try. Like, go, go before your spouse and say, hey, check this out. Check out what I learned today. And by the way... It'd be terrible if you know if there's a new believer comes up to you and says, "Hey, I'm reading the Bible for the first time. What, do you have any recommendations?" Yeah, go to First Chronicles and read that. You know, the first like nine chapters of First Chronicles is this—just nine straight chapters—and the Bible does that over and over again. And so it makes you wonder why? Why is this in the Bible so much? Why is this genealogy in the Bible it must be important? There's something, there's something important about this. So what? why is it important? Because when I read it, by the way, have you guys read a section like this where there's just a ton of names and you're just like, oh, I don't want to read it. And you just skip over it. How many of you skip it? Just skip it. I mean, I'll be honest right now. I just, I just skip it, okay? But there, there's a reason that you should not skip reading over some of these. Dive in because you come away with a sensation and, and, and the and the feeling as, as you read some of these that you're reading a family tree and that these are real people and you get glimpses of stories of somebody that it's written down in just a list like for example in first chronicles once you get to chapter 11 there's a there's a part here that pops out because David's listing all of his warriors and who they were and he's going down the list and all of a sudden he mentions Ben and it stops right there and it Explains real quick who Ben and ben- ben- I was. It says, First Chronicles chapter eleven verse twenty two through twenty three says there was also Benaniah son of Jehudiah, a valiant warrior from Kabazal. <laughs> he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once armed only with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian hand and killed him with it. It's like, whoa. This guy was a bad dude. But if you're just skipping over all the names, you might miss the story of a guy who on a snowy day chases a lion down and goes into a pit where the lion's kind of cornered. And he goes after this lion and kills it. And he, but you would have missed it if you just rushed over it. I just want us to Pause a second. Our main thought for today about when it comes to our biblical heritage ancestry, Dr. Carl Sagan said it best like he said, you have to know the past to understand the present. You have to know the past to understand the present. You have to know, you almost have to look backward. In order to go forward. There's other quotes like you have to learn from history or history repeats itself. There's all kinds of things that you, you have to have an understanding of where you come from in order to step in your destiny to have a future. And so that's what we want to do in this series. We want to look back and look at our spiritual cultural heritage. The first thing we learned that these genealogies do is they demonstrate that scripture is rooted in history, not myth. The second one is it affirms the importance of lineage, heritage, and family identity. Specifically in Israel, they would talk about uh, the particular clan you're from, the tribe you're from, the family you're from, and even the order in your family was important in, in the culture in Israel. Like for example, and for Samuel chapter 10 verse 20 through 21, Samuel's a prophet, he's looking for a, the first king of Israel and he's listening to God and God is telling him, "Okay, this is who I want you to to anoint as king." And when he addresses Saul, he does it in a particular way. For Samuel chapter 10 verse 20 through 21, it says, "So Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by lot." So he started with a tribe. Then he brought each family before before the family as a clan. And then he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord. And the family of the Medorites was chosen. And finally Saul, son of Kish. You see how they're doing it? He's the son of this person. Son of Kish was chosen from among them. Even when Samuel... Went to David's father's house. He looked at all the oldest sons first, and then went all the way down to David, and David was chosen. In Joshua seven, when the nation of Israel had went to war, they are trying to establish the new nation, and they went to war and they lost because they had disobeyed the commandment that everything must be destroyed. One of the men, the warriors, took gold and silver and uh, robes and silk and, and took it and buried it under his tent. And because of that, they lost a battle and lots of Jewish wars were destroyed. And so they were like wondering what happened and come to find out, God was saying somebody's stolen something. And so in the same way, they they cast lots and they brought and picked a tribe and then they picked a clan and then they picked the family and then the family member who did it came forward, and then they admitted that they had stolen and caused a great deal of mess. In the Bible, the genealogies do something really unique, is they confirm prophecy. They confirm prophecy, and that's what happens with Christ. All the way back in Jeremiah, there's a prophecy in chapter 23, verses 5 through 6, talks about the coming of Christ and who he would be related to. It says, For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, and he will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name the Lord is our righteousness. And the day Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. So, descendant from King David's line. Do you know what happens in the New Testament? The New Testament only a couple times mentions any genealogy. In the Old Testament, it's rampant. It's all over the place. But in the New Testament, there's only a couple places it happens. Do you know what happens? In Matthew and Mark. And you know what they're doing? They're tracing the lineage of Christ back to King David. They'll say, hey, look, this is a fulfillment of this prophecy in Jeremiah. So it's really interesting. So those are important. So when you read Matthew our mark, and you're like, whoa, this is just a long list of names. Like, yeah, well, there's a, there's a reason it's there. It's not just somebody decided to be boring. Again, you have to know the past in order to stand the present. Why do Giandis in the Bible? Well, they demonstrate that Scripture is rooted in history, not myth. It affirms the importance of lineage, heritage, and family identity. And lastly, it assures us that all of us are invited to become God's family. And if you trace Your family back far enough, I guarantee you, you're going to find them interwoven into this history. And even you now, sitting in this church this morning, are a part of that history. I'm trying to assure you that you're invited to becoming God's family. And you may be thinking, well, like, I'm not Jewish. Kind of like, you know, one of those heathen Gentiles. I'm a sinner, I'm like the last person to fit in line with God's family, but I wanna encourage you this morning that you are a part of God's family. Let me give you an example of why you're a part of God's family. Joshua chapter two, this is the time again where Joshua's going into battle and they're taking land for Israel. He goes and sends some spies to meet a particular woman. Okay, that's where we pick up. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from Israelite camp at Acadia Grove, he instructed them scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a what? A prostitute named Rahab, and stayed there that night. And so the story is: is this prostitute, you know, runs into these two sp- these two spies, and the two spies said, "Hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna take this place out." And Rahab's like, "Yo." I do not want to get taken out. If I help you, will you protect me and my family? And they're like, Yeah, we will. You just can't rat us out. Okay, so she helps them, she hides them, she even puts a cloak out her window, I think a red cloak out her window to just identify her, her family and her place. And anyway, Israel comes in and just reams the place. She's actually adopted in to the nation of Israel. And here's here's the cool part. Remember, we we're talking about the list of genealogies in Matthew and Mark, right, that are tracing Jesus' line to King David. Check this out, I'm I'm just gonna read this. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, the descendants of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zariah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amaladad, Nashon was the father of Solomon. Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was, what? Rahab. Yeah. Let that sink in a second. What is that saying? It's saying that the bloodline of Christ, starting from King David, which fulfills the prophecy, runs all the way through who? Rahab the prostitute, who is a Gentile, a sinner, just like you and me. That's why I'm here to say this morning that we are a part, we're invited, we're welcome to be a part of the family of God. And there's nothing that you can do wrong, bad, evil that'll ever separate you from that opportunity. And it's just really cool, and I'm really excited to take a look at everything culture, race, our spiritual identity, our spiritual ancestry. I don't take a look at all of it. I really believe that we have to know the past in order to understand the present. We have to look back and, and say, "Where do we come from?" And this is our spiritual heritage. And so what I'd like you to do is I would like you to, during this month, if you do have the resources, I want to challenge you to, hey, go to do one of those tests. Find out what your makeup is. Maybe you could sit down with grandma or grandpa if they're still around, or even an uncle or auntie, and I want you to talk about where you come from and your roots, and as we do it, I think that God has got something to teach us, and it's tied into our walk with God and our identity in Christ and our being a, a part of the family of God Again I just want to want to close with this verse in Ephesians the one we started off with Take a look at it again and read it again Ephesians chapter 2 So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners you are citizens along with all God's holy people you are members of God's family Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself were carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple of the Lord. There are people up in heaven right now that are looking down on many of us, rooting for us. Great, great grandfathers or great, 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 great grandmothers that are just like, woo, yeah, you can do it. Run the race. And it's just it's, it's so cool one day we'll get to go to heaven and we'll get to realize and see the the history played out on a big video screen almost like of of where we come from and how it all played out and you get to meet people who you're related to and this is this is real it's not a myth this is this is reality this is part of our history i'm talking about roots i can't hate where i'm from because where i from